This is the Mess It Up Podcast, where we take your mess and turn it into a message. And now, here's the Bowtie Guy. Hey, everybody. We are back with the Mess It Up Podcast. I am the Bowtie Guy, and uh, I'll be your host for this next little bit here. And uh, welcome to the show. I'm going to start off with our word of the week this week because our word of the week is consternation. And that's exactly what I was feeling when I opened up my computer. I'm up here in beautiful Portland, Oregon, and my computer screen was showing big purple bars going across. And uh, if I close my, my, my laptop a little bit, it kind of uh, goes away so I can see if my laptop is halfway open. If it's all the way open or more than halfway open, I can't see anything. So uh, I'm feeling a lot of consternation. And that's like uh, anxiety that you might feel um, or dismay uh, over something unexpected. So I've got some consternation. If you can use that word in a sentence this week, give yourself an extra 12 bonus points because uh, you're already feeling consternated and um, we don't want you to be too uh, too bad feeling. Uh, if you want to follow the show, uh, go find us all over the place on social media. Please like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter and all those kind of things. You know what to do with social media right now. Uh, so go ahead and do that. Find uh, the Mess It Up Podcast. You can email me at bowtieguy at messituppodcast.com or intern Dave uh, hangs out at info at messituppodcast.com. So uh, send him some email as well because he likes to get it and it makes him feel all important and uh, getting his credits worth for being our intern. Uh, and uh, if you really want to help out the show financially, uh, we are 100% listener supported so you can go to messituppodcast.com click on the become a patron uh, button and you can sponsor the show for as little as a dollar a week and starting very soon uh, we're gonna have it set up so that those uh, patreon donations and memberships will be tax deductible that's gonna be happening here hopefully uh, uh, sometime in September or October uh, so uh, check that out and we'll make sure we keep track of that the guy that just coughed well, you might recognize that cop. That's my friend, Pastor Dan. I'm up here at his house. We are going to be doing uh, the show together this week. So, Pastor Dan, uh, say hi to the folks. Hola, people. If you Hola. don't if you don't know uh, anything to be thankful for for Pastor Dan, this is one thing for sure, his impact on the show. I just did the intro in 2 minutes and 12 seconds. I'm impressed. And that is uh, because I'm feeling the pressure with it's Dan sitting record. here. Yeah, Dan, <laughs> Dan's, Dan's feedback on the show um, he's a longtime listener. He's a Patreon member. He's a several-time guest. And he said, yeah, you, you go a little long on the uh, intro. So I try to go a little faster now. So that's that's the impact of Pastor Dan on my life. I'm thinking he's probably wishing it was a little bit greater being a pastor. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> Some small things. Um, I'm up here at Pastor Dan's house because uh, I figured we should go where the fires are even worse than Southern California. We flew in today. Did you make it? Uh, we, we found a place where it's worse. <laughs> yes. Uh, although it looks like it's getting a little bit better right now. Uh, but the smoke, uh, you sent me a picture Sunday, and the smoke was like, I mean, you could barely see across your street. Yeah. It was pretty ridiculous. We could not see Mount Hood flying in today. And from Ontario all the way up to Portland, uh, there was a blanket of smoke over the entire West Coast. Uh, you could, didn't see, the only, we saw a little bit of uh, Mount Lassen. And uh, Mount Shasta was pretty recognizable, but otherwise, it was pretty uh, pretty impossible to see any mountains uh, all the way up the coast uh, due to the smoke. So uh, we're praying for those uh, fires to stop safety for the firefighters. Um, and uh, the smoke is is really bad for people with allergies and 
asthma and whatnot. It's just it's not a great situation. So we're hoping that that gets fixed. Praying for rain here in Portland pretty soon. Hopefully uh, this week we'll get some. So uh, so anyhow, I'm here with Pastor Dan, and I wanted to talk to him about a couple of things. So Pastor, anything you want to jump in with before I start dominating the show? No, you enter, intro the subject, and I'll <laughs> this is, this and I'll correct you. <laughs> so I. I get I get I get feedback from people that I love, and uh, one of them is uh, listener Bev, and she's like, "Yeah, you really don't give people a chance to talk much." <laughs> like, yeah, you're right. I I have this thing where I hate dead air, so as soon as I see a person start to take a breath, I'm like, "Okay, talk over top of that." And when I'm talking, I try to circular breathe so that there's no dead time. So I'm going to try to pause a little bit today and give Dan a little bit of time to talk. <laughs> but I was thinking uh, this week about an idea that I had for a book, and I thought, well, I'll just talk about it on the show, uh, and eventually I'm gonna get a book out about this, but the idea is is feeding our hope while we're starving our fear. That if I'm feeding my hope, it's gonna grow. If I starve my fear, the fear will shrink, and I will become a better person, a better Christian, a better Christ follower if I have more hope and I have less fear. And uh, the way that I thought of doing that was just, I mean, I thought about food and, uh, and feeding hope, and at the same time, starving fear. Uh, I want fear to go to the pantry and find the pantry 100% empty, Old Mother Hubbard style. Um, first of all, what do you think about that, that idea? Is, that, is, is there merit in that? Is it completely off base? Well, I think it's the merit part is being full of what God wants you to be full of. Okay. Right? And when you take a vessel and you fill it with something, you can't get anything else in there. So right. if, if you feed that then there's no room for fear to, to go. The problem is, uh, it's like that old sermon analogy where they put um, marbles in a jar and they fill a jar and they say, is the jar full? And you'll say, well, yeah, of course it's full. And then they pour sand in and then it fills up. And then, is it full now? Well, no. Then they take water and they fill it up. So there's always room for something else. And that's the problem with humanity is we always, we always want to uh, assume that we got everything under control, and so we think it's full, and it's not. Yeah. And uh, but there's you know there's healthy fear too. Um, somebody asked me once uh, about fearing God, and um, there's a difference between a healthy fear, like you would fear your your dad if you came home mm-hmm. and uh, your grades weren't great, or your teacher called him and said something happened. My, uh, uh, you would always fear coming home. Oh, I got to deal with that. Uh, but again, if I hadn't have done what I did, right, the fear wouldn't be there. Yeah, and the, and the fear of like like we have wildfires raging right. around the Portland area here, and there's a fear that you might have that your home will get burnt. And and you can get into the nuances of language and saying, well, if you have fear, you don't have faith that God will protect it. And it's like, well, I have faith that God made fire, and I've seen fire burn, and for yeah. you know recorded time, it burns flammable things it's just the way it is and sometimes homes get in the way and and that doesn't mean that god wants my home to burn or that god doesn't want my home to burn it's just kind of the system that he's set up here and so an understanding of it but by the same token that doesn't mean i think that i'm daniel and i should go running into the fire and saying let's see if this fire will burn me that's that's stupid yeah i think um the COVID thing was the same situation. We have people that still to this day won't go to church uh, because they're afraid that they're going to catch something from somebody. Um, And we have people that in in every church, you you probably have in every church that 
they say, well, your faith isn't strong enough, otherwise you'd come to church. Um, that, you can't make that same comparison. Uh, we, we talked about how uh, it was a comparison to Daniel. I was talking to my wife about this, and she said it was spot on, Daniel, because of the COVID restrictions was the first 30 days, and that was when Daniel was told not to worship anybody uh, but the king. And um, again, the, the difference between Daniel and, and us is uh, they, we're not being told we can't worship. We're being told what hoops we have to jump through to worship. And that's the part that, as a, as a minister, it's frustrating because I gotta, I gotta build this thing that people can worship around. Right. And, uh, but the fear is real. The, you know, the, the reality is people do die from diseases. Right. Um, and so there is a, there's a real, like I said, healthy fear you know, you don't go walking around licking palms. Exactly, yeah. So I'm saying, you know, it, being afraid of right. coming to church is one thing, but coming to church and licking everything is just, that's not, that's it's, just stupid. You're, yeah, we call it stupidity, yeah. not fear. And um, and it's not a very nuanced argument there. I mean, there's just, yeah. Uh, we like to have a binary world mm -hmm. where it's like, this. you are this, you are, you know, it's election season, so you're a Republican, you're a Democrat, you're a conservative, you're a liberal. It's like people can be blend, right? And of, here's of the things. The, the dangers are real. I don't care whether you're Republican, Democrat, uh, Independent. Uh, fire burns. Yeah. And so they all have to evacuate. Um, and when you're talking to people who just lost their home, I mean, they say, "Well, I'm a praying person. How could God take my home? We don't know what the sovereignty of God has in store for them." Um, and it might be for such a time as this that they have to step out on, on faith. And, and it's, it's a struggle mm -hmm. because it's hard to be joyful in the fear. Right. You know, and um, so, it, you know, it's just it, it's frustrating to me that as a human population, we have the opportunity to minister to anybody. And there are churches who pick sides, and that's not that's not the way God told us. He didn't pick sides. He sat the rich guy and the poor guy next to each other in church. You know, he, you know, he went out of his way to talk to people that were undesirable. You mm -hmm. know, um, and there's a there's a uh, I guess it's just it's just humanness that we are, and I think that's what that's why we're flawed. You know, right? And that's not a surprise to God. No. He's not, not. He's not shocked at our, our flaws and our weaknesses, our, our fears. Right. So the question is, how do you replace? How do you replace that fear, with, um, spiritualness? Right. So how do you how do you replace that? Um, there's a continuation of confession that takes place when a person is filled with the Spirit. They are continually. Just to clarify, confession. You're not talking about. The Catholic idea of no. blessing Father for our sin. It's, I'm talking so confession is um, agreeing with God that you're a sinner, and then tomorrow when you wake up, you agree with God that you're a <laughs> sinner, because every day is a is a new day, and it's it's usually full of worldliness and sin, and you can deny the fact and say, oh, I'm not a sinner. I'm not as bad as so and so, um, but. You know that's that's way God's grace works. He saved some people um, that had you know you you have people you deal with all the time that are in prison. There, God's dealing with them in a different 
in a different level than somebody who didn't have to go to prison, but they lost their wife mm-hmm. because of you know infidelity or uh, their children don't want to talk to them anymore because they were abusive dad. So everybody's got a different. I would gladly trade my fears for somebody else's. You yeah. know what I mean? But really, I can't do that. I have to let God handle my fears. How? Well, that's what, that's what the confession does. So you, so we, we talked about it in, uh, when I was learning uh, in discipleship classes. We would talk about spiritual breathing. And when you, uh, breathing is very important. If you breathe out only, you will die. Right. If you breathe in only, you will die. So spiritual breathing is when you breathe out, you're confessing. And then when you fill your lungs, we, we consider, it's a picture we paint, that we, we fill with the Spirit of God. So uh, whether that's taking in Scripture, whether that's uh, being just alone with God, whatever that is, you have to expel what's in there first. You have to, you have to confess, and that, that's something we don't like to do because we don't want to confess. We don't want to admit that we're sinners. Uh, but that's a basis of, of any Christianity, is, right. is uh, we're sinners and we need to be saved. Um, but we get so comfortable with the fact that we're Christians um, we don't need to confess no more, you know, anymore. And I mean, and I see that and I have some thoughts. What, what are some thoughts that you have, uh, to why people don't want to do that confession um, as a Christian? I, I think it's embarrassing. Number one, because, uh, churches do an altar call. And so that's when the most, uh, most people would come forward and they would, you know, pray with their pastor. I don't know what your church does, but our church We've had altar calls for years that no one has come forward because they're embarrassed right. that they have a problem. And I, I see it even with just, you know, hey, put your hand up if you want prayer for something. It's like, I, I feel like there will be people who get in the prayer circle and they're in the prayer circle to hear the gossip. Right. You know, and, and oh, why did Charlie raise his hand? Why did, why did Billy go up front? Uh, well, you know. Billy, you know, he's been hitting the ball pretty hard. I saw it's good that you went up front, Billy. Yeah. And and those type of things. And I know I've been in that situation before where I've been hesitant mm-hmm. to want to go up or to raise a hand or to do or even standing next to my wife. Will she feel me if I raise my hand when the pastor says is anybody struggling? And why would I be struggling if I'm a Christian? Right. You know, I'm 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 supposed to be perfect. And it's it's uh, to me it's a hundred percent pride. Yeah, absolutely. I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest. I haven't told you this since you've been here, um, but two weeks ago I started taking an antidepressant because um, I let stress overtake my life. So uh, I was always raised that as a Christian, you don't have the right to be stressed out because God's in control of your life. Too blessed to be stressed. Yeah, and so um, the reality is, if you don't admit that there's an issue. You've heard mm-hmm. that somewhere before. Yeah. Um, you can't deal with that issue. Right. And so when somebody says to me, my wife says, um, you know, hey, you, you just don't, you don't seem as happy as you were 10 years ago. We, you know, we used to have fun and, and you don't smile as much and laugh as much. And, and um, so I, I asked my doctor and he said, well, we can try this. And uh, it was embarrassing for me to lay that out for my doctor mm-hmm. because he knows I'm a pastor. Right. And uh, so, and it's embarrassing, my, you know, my own family doesn't know that I'm on. 
Um, but I just, it's a small dose. and This uh, is going to be a great test to see who listens. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. <Sure. laughs> um, and so it's a, it's, a, it's a small dosage, but I'm, what I'm hoping for is healing. And so it's the same with confession. Even in small doses, you, get, you know, you, I, I recognize I'm a sinner. Yes, everybody can raise their hand to that. And then if you say, okay, how many of you are thieves? Now you've narrowed the, the yeah. judgment line. And yeah. so people aren't going to raise their hand because they want you to trust them. Um, and so th- that, there's, the, there's the problem. Yeah. Um, and see, this is where James comes in handy, where he says, confess your sins one to another and pray for each other. Yeah. So if you have a, comp- uh, accountability partner, which, um, I think small groups has that, but you also have people that meet outside of small groups, um, where they can be accountable to one another. And if you are truly accountable, you will say to somebody, Hey, I really am struggling with this. Yeah. And, and you can't be accountable without truth, without right. honesty. Honestly, you have to be, there's gotta be some vulnerability there. Or just is not going to work. Right. I've had, as a pastor, I've had many people say to me, would you be my accountability partner? And I used to say, yes, I would love to be your accountability partner. But then they quit coming around. Because you hold them accountable. Because I hold them accountable. Yes. And um, they're embarrassed. Yeah. And, and, I, and that's, that's the big risk in accountability. For right. me, is, is it worth my friendship with this person to hold them accountable on something? Even if they've asked me to hold them accountable... Right. A lot of times you find, okay, you hold them accountable and they'll come back the next week because they don't want to be like, but it, it doesn't last. But I can remember being in Victorville uh-huh. and it was probably 2004, 2005. Uh-huh. And uh, we were at Red Robin, you and I. We were having lunch, Red Robin. And you asked me whether or not I was uh, taking a paycheck uh, through payroll or if I was getting paid under the table in cash by my boss. I said, well, I'm getting paid in cash. And you're like, you're not paying your taxes and you're avoiding taxation and uh, child support garnishment mm-hmm. and is that really the the walk that you want to have and I was like well that's rude <laughs> we're having lunch here it's a nice lunch and all of a sudden you're gonna call me out and I was like yeah but you're right mm-hmm. and so in order to be able to be better we have to be able to hear the things that we're doing incorrectly right or we're just do, I mean, it's just an ostrich with a head in the sand. I think part of that is... Um, and just to finish the story, I did go and tell my boss I have to start getting paid it, above board. And you were, consternated, and I was blessed. You were consternated at that I, I had consternation, yes. <laughs> but yeah, I think you know the, the whole problem with accountability is there has to be inequality in, in accountability. Um, Whenever I was accountability partners with somebody, I never took the I never took the stance. I'm your pastor. I'm telling you what to do. It's always been I'm your friend. Let me help you get to where you need to be. If somebody comes to you and they say, you know what, I'm doing drugs, um, and I'm you know drinking a lot on the weekends, and I'm unfaithful to my wife, um, and you know whatever it is, they list all this stuff to you. If you say to them. God wants you to stop everything right now. They're going to explode. And part of that is recognizing there's a problem. They may not recognize the other two things are a problem because they haven't gotten over the one thing that's really in the way. Right. Yeah. And if they overcome one thing, they can overcome more. Yeah. And uh, I didn't used to always believe that. I used to believe that you could just call it the way you see it and, you know, smack them in the face with it. Yeah. And that doesn't really help your relationship either. Well, so much of what we see, those are symptoms. Those aren't the problems. They're, right. they're just symptoms that are being exposed because of the 
the stress yeah. and the pressure. Well, you think about it. You know, they drink because they need to relax at the end of the day, or their wife drives them crazy, or their husband drives them crazy. You know, whatever it is, and so all that stuff stacks up. And because we don't, to get to an accountability situation, you, you need to know somebody. You don't jump right in and say, "Hey, I'm just going to spill my life to you." Right. Because um, trust has to be earned, and. Uh, which is the same with pastors. It takes us come some, sometimes a couple of years before somebody will actually say, "Hey, this is my pastor." Yeah, and I, I'm gonna. I mean, we've been going for a while here, and I want to keep going. But I, I, looking at my song of the week, and it fits in with this. And I picked this song because I thought this would be a great song for this topic. But uh, it's an old one that I heard on the radio. Uh, well, actually, it was I guess it was music they were playing before church. Jesus culture, your love never fails, uh, which is an oldie but a goodie. Uh, and it expresses my age when I say that your love never fails is an oldie uh, because it doesn't feel that old, but it is. Uh, so anyhow, we're going to give you 90 seconds of that. We'll be back on the other side to tell you our thoughts. Uh, so here you go. Jesus culture, your love never fails. We can't separate Even if I ran away Your love never fails No, I still make mistakes, but you have new mercy for me every day. Your love never fails. Singer, you stay. how old that song was until Dan said wow 2008 so yeah right that's a 12 year old song but it still to me holds up and I've got a guy in, in uh, my uh, prison fellowship group that just absolutely loves that song uh, what stands out for you in that song Dan well there's a, there's a verse that says and when the oceans rage I don't have to be afraid because I know that you li you love me uh, your love never fails and the wind is strong and the waters deep I'm not alone in these open seas because your love never fails now listen the problem with um, with people staying filled with the spirit, you know, staying in that in that mode, is um, they drift away from God. They drift. God doesn't. So when they make a turn, it's usually away from God. And so uh, if we could get if we could get everybody back in the same direction, that that that's that confession part. You're looking at God. And uh, once you get going, you, you find that he's, he's not let you down. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I'm not one to say test God on this stuff. You know what I mean? Right. Because if I say that, God will surely give me something to enjoy. Yeah. And, um, <clears throat> but I'm well aware that um, every time that I slipped away, 
I turn around and he's there. It's it's very evident. Yeah. Um, and it has to do a lot with the people I surround myself with. Right. You know, um, with not, not not even your accountability part, just the fact that you can go to a church that when you walk in the door, you feel at home, you know, um, because the body of Christ should be all lifting their worship to the Lord. And right. So if you're, if you're all facing the same direction, you know, I know that's a picture of worship, but the goal is all the same to be at the feet of Jesus. Yeah. And, um, there are days I feel like I'm right there and there are days I feel like I just rolled down the hill a half a mile. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but well, I, I know that, uh, the the thing to me, your love never fails. Mm-hmm. I look at stuff, and I, I'm a Mac guy mm-hmm. because my Macs, other than my purple screen, basically, I don't tend to have problems with my my computer. So I'll, I'll pay more for it because I trust that it's not going to fail on me. And I know that I'm going to fail. I'm going to let people down, and I tell people that I will let you down at some mm-hmm. point. I'm going to do something you don't like or that you don't expect or that's just wrong. I'll let you down because I'm human. God doesn't do that. And then the, the repeated thing in the bridge there, you make all things work together for my good. Mm-hmm. Um, and he wants good for me. God doesn't want, he's not a God of, you know, the gotcha, you know. Uh, I used to ask questions of my kids and, and lay a trap for them, just waiting for them to step in it so I could jerk that rope and snare them. God doesn't do that for me. He's He wants good for me and he is is trying to guide me and if I'll just trust him mm-hmm. and know that when things are nuts when fires are burning when smoke is everywhere when people are railing against me on the internet when whatever is happening is happening mm-hmm. he works that for good I, my entire ministry is based on the fact that I had some horrible times of my own creating mm-hmm. and God took that and turned it into good if God can make my mess into a message mm-hmm. Obviously, he's a pretty powerful God who could do that for everybody. He's not, he wasn't just waiting for Paul. Mm-hmm. Waiting for everybody. I, you know, I, we struggle with um, faith. I, you know, my mom passed away from cancer. So did your dad, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom was a, a children's ministry leader at our church, and she was, you know, fairly young. And um, when she passed away, we were all caught off guard because she was the most faithful person that I've ever known. Um, one of the most faithful people I've ever known. Uh, but her faith didn't save her from cancer. Right. Her faith put her in a place where other people could be led to God. Um, when I was uh, over 400 pounds, I would go to a restaurant, and uh, obviously this was years ago, um, sit in a chair, and I would always sit gingerly and because my faith in that chair was not as great as my weight. Yeah. So it hasn't been until, you know, I'm 200 pounds less now and uh, I can sit on any chair I want and it's not going to, it's, uh, I guess my point is you, you have to have more faith in the beginning of any change you go through to get through the other side. And uh, the only consistent thing in that whole process is Jesus because your, your faith will come and go you will uh, lose sight of what's important, uh, whether it's you know your marriage, your kids, uh, you know your family, your your church. Uh, you lose sight of what's important 
because we begin to be, um, we go back to the old question, well, what's in it for me? And we want, right. we want to please ourselves. And that's where people fall off the wagon, you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. they, they have a moment where they say, hey, you know, I, I just really need this right now. Yeah. You know, and, and we were just talking about that tonight. Somebody we think needs it. Yeah. And, and they just fall off the wagon. And, and, uh, and some you take people with you. Yes. It, it's very difficult to not. I mean, all of my stupid actions, I, I painted, you know, a mess on a lot of people mm-hmm. who didn't make those choices. They didn't get, you know... The, I mean, sin is pleasurable for a while, mm-hmm. and they didn't get the pleasure and the benefit of that. Right. They just got to reap the reward of my mistake. You know, my family, my how wife, my how kids. many years ago were you incarcerated? Uh, I got out in February of two thousand two, so it's been uh, coming up on eighteen years. Eighteen that I've been years. Out. Okay. So in those eighteen years of being out, um, you have met people and got involved with ministries, right? Mm-hmm. And plugged in, and somehow your sin still creeps up and smacks those people. Yes. So even when we, you know, you, you know, I told you a long time ago, you're you're fighting an uphill battle living in the same town. It's a small town. Yeah. And um, but you said to me that it's your your mess. You're going to lie in it, and you're going to make it work. And uh, this is where we live. And I admire that. Uh, I don't think I would have been able to do that, you know, um, because you, you're you always going to have somebody who throws a judgmental spike at you. Right. And, um, and you, you know, your faith gets... You know, when I talk to you after those kind of things happen, it's not like your faith is less. It's just your heart is deflated. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. It just takes the wind out of your sail, those kind of things. And, um, and it's hard to do that because these people that give you a problem or that, that are with you at church now even, um, they have no idea what you really went through with the forgiveness process unless they've heard your testimony. Right. And, um, so, and even some of those. <laughs> yeah. And so it's, it's, um, it's that whole degree of sin. Yeah. You know, um, it's easy for me to say that because I'm not you. It's easy for you to say that because you're not me. Those kind of things. It's um, God doesn't look at it that way, right? Uh, unfortunately, the world does, and so you get your picture on a website forever, and, right? And you can't do anything about it. And that's yeah, that's just a consequence of yeah, and um, and you know your life work that you wanted to do teaching school, they, you, that's gone bye bye too. So. But what has happened because of that, you've impacted more spiritual lives than you would have ever done teaching right. school. Yeah. So it, it's been costly for you, um, but it also costs you relationships. It co- so you, you paid the price already a hundred times over, you know what I mean? And, uh, and so anyway, my, my point being that... Um, the, that's whatever the sin is it affects if you're if you're a thief it affects the person you stole from it affects the person that they would have bought groceries from it affects the you know the yeah. person they would have gas from you know all those things are affected by one man's thievery and uh, you know you watch uh, we evacuated 
neighborhoods, like lots of neighborhoods last week, um, first night out, they arrested so many people for looting and stealing and breaking into people's yeah. houses. Um, and that kind of takes a toll on the faith in humanity. Yes. But, um, and, and that's sad, really. It is. But I don't think we're ever supposed to have faith in humanity. We can't. Right. Yeah, because we're falling. Right. Nobody's better or worse than me. They're, they're me out there mm-hmm. and capable of all the garbage that I'm capable of. Right. Yeah. And, I, and it's that way for everybody, whatever it is. You know, uh, we've talked about the things I went through as a kid and all those things. And and I can guarantee you that my, my thoughts are not pure all the time. And so there's not uh, a day goes by that I don't just get up and say, God, get me through the day. And, yeah. um, and I don't fear going, you know, um, I don't know if you remember when I w- was in Ridgecrest, uh, I wanted a window in my door mm-hmm. because I always want people to be able to see in my office. Yeah. No matter what. I would keep the door open and I don't want anybody to see anything. Why? Because I know what I'm capable of as a young adult. Yeah. And that was what, that was 18 years ago. That was a long time ago, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so, but that has worked into my character now. That is not as big of an issue now for me because I've replaced it with other things. Now, the, the downside is there's always something else to come along the line. Yes. As I get older, I get grumpier. And I, I want to really give people, I want to point them in the right, right direction on the freeway. And yeah. it's usually up yeah. and not with the right <laughs> finger. But, I mean, I wouldn't do that. But, I mean, that's the kind of, yeah. you think those things in your head. And, um, and what does the Bible say if you think it? Yeah. So I think it, it, that's the part of Christianity that is the toughest. And, and you know, we're, we're, we're told, you know, when that spirit leaves, it'll go and then come back right. and fill. And so we, I need to be prepared when mm-hmm. I chase that thing out, when I starve that fear, that's not the end of it. Just like you said with the breathing thing. I, lo- I love that. I, I don't know if you've told me that before, but it felt new to me. And I like that. You can't just breathe out and get rid of all the sin. Right. You've got to breathe in and get get God in there as well, yeah. and and keep doing it. It's a respiration cycle. It's that refreshness that you get when you step out of the, a stuffy car and you go, <gasps> yeah, you know, or the mountain air, you know, that kind of feeling. It, that's kind of what I love about it, and um, you know, I, yeah, that's my thoughts on that. Well, good stuff. Let's talk about the Trinity. <laughs> <laughs> we'll save that for another time. <laughs> Uh, listen, if uh, if you enjoy the show, we appreciate you uh, doing that. Let us know on Facebook. Share it when it comes out on uh, Tuesdays. Put that hashtag Tuesday. Copy the show link and uh, put it on your page. Send us an email. Let us know what you liked about the show so we can keep on doing it. Or if there's stuff you'd like us to change, like my wordy uh, intros or talking over top of guests, let me know because I do want to make the show uh, what you want to hear uh, because that makes it a better show. Uh, so drop me a line at bowtieguy at messituppodcast.com. Uh, if you want to become a patron and support the show financially, you can do that. It's real easy. Just go to messituppodcast.com, click on the become a patron uh, button, and it'll take you to our Patreon page. If you want to hear more of my story, uh, the book is out. It's on uh, Apple Books. You can get it on your Amazon Kindle reader uh, by going to Amazon. You can also get a paperback version of it. Uh, through Amazon as well. You order it, they print it, and it comes to you in uh, usually in about a week or so. Uh, so that's out there. It's called Still in Beta, 
And um, I always tell people, if you read half the book, you'll hate me. If you read the whole book, you'll fall in love with God. I ran into my friend Philip this week, and he said, hey, I'm about halfway through the book. I said, you must hate me. And I, he laughed, but uh, pastor's wife uh, said the same thing. She said, hey, I'm halfway through the book. I said, you hate me? And she said, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, make sure you read the whole book if you buy the book, because, you know, it's all one price. So you might as well get both ends of the story. Uh, I do appreciate you being here. Leave us a uh, review and a rating on wherever you're listening to this. And if you buy the book, uh, give it a rating as well because that helps more people find it. And uh, we appreciate that. Be looking for more fancy stuff from us uh, as we go through the weeks. Uh, we're going to be doing a couple shows up here in Portland, hopefully, while I'm here. Um, and uh, I guess that's about all we've got. So um, we'll see you next time we mess it up. Thanks for checking out the Mess It Up podcast. If you've got any questions or feedback, please email info at messituppodcast.com. Don't forget to share with your friends, and we'll see you next time we mess it up. Mess it up.